Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. Welcome to Holy Shenanigans. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a poet, a pastor, and a podcaster. In this week's episode, Jesus calls his followers to love their enemies. Joseph of the Technicolor Dreamcoat uses forgiveness to mend brokenness in his family. In the segment, Three and a Half Questions About Love, Miss Marilyn shares a recipe of curiosity, wonder, and enchantment to help us believe in our future. It's time to take some notes on this week's recipe of love, as well as some advice from the lyrics from Martha Wash's song, Soaring Free. Don't talk about love using fear. Have you ever heard the saying, curiosity killed the cat? I have many times over. I have always been and always will be a curious person. My family of origin can confirm that this is true. Before I could read, I recall a time my dad was sitting at the kitchen table, looking at piles and piles of rolled up papers. And I asked him, hey, dad, are you building a house? Yes, indeed, he was planning to do so. But the news had not yet been shared with the junior members of the family. Because of my curiosity, I had pieced together the clues found in piles of paper and my dad sketching out plans. Yes, curious one. I am planning on building a house. So yes, I've heard that phrase, curiosity killed the cat. But I think there's something more to it than that. I am still as curious now as I was then. My curiosity goes with me as I look at this week's Bible lesson from Luke 6, where Jesus says we are to love our enemies and pray for them. Love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Love your enemies. Hmm. This, this is how Jesus tells us we are to treat our enemies. 
How curious indeed. Jesus' call to forgiveness and loving of enemies reminds me of a story from Genesis about Joseph and his technicolor coat. I don't know if it's the fact that Joseph wore a brightly colored coat, or I think that he's a curious type, or that he is a dreamer of dreams, but I've always had some affinity with Joseph. No matter what happens to Joseph, he still seems to shine brightly. And this was the problem for him from the beginning. His siblings were not a fan of this. His father would dote on him, and he gave him that coat of many colors, an extravagant gift for that day. His siblings are jealous of the attention Joseph receives, and they make a plan to take him into the wilderness and to leave him alone at the bottom of a pit and at the mercy of the elements. But one sibling can't carry out the dastardly plan to kill him, and they opt instead to sell Joseph into slavery. The brothers return home and bring the technicolor coat with them, torn to shreds and soaked in blood. They give the coat to their father, and he grieves terribly. Joseph is dead, and all that is left of him is the coat. This story brings sibling rivalry to a whole new level, doesn't it? But Joseph's story continues. He is enslaved in Pharaoh's prison, but his gifts are undeniable, and he shines especially in his gift to interpret dreams, which makes the guards and eventually Pharaoh take notice. In time, Joseph becomes the right hand of Pharaoh, overseeing all the resources of his kingdom. Joseph aids in the community to prepare for a famine that is on its way. In time, Joseph's brothers come to Pharaoh's lands and they are hungry and asking for help. The famine is more than they can withstand. But they have no idea that the man they ask for help is their brother, the brother that they sold into slavery over seven years before. This is a curious situation, isn't it? If you were in Joseph's sandals, what would you do to the brothers who once tried to kill you, but instead sell you to slavery? What would you do if they came knocking on your door for help? Eventually, Joseph reveals his identity to his brothers, and they are terrified. Would Joseph take revenge? Joseph says this, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Joseph does not choose wrath or revenge. Joseph chooses mercy and forgiveness and invites his entire family to come and stay with him in Egypt under his protection and his resources. Joseph's act of forgiveness is a curious thing, isn't it? Jesus calls his followers to forgive their enemies, and Joseph's family story walks us through what that actually looks like. A very curious story indeed. As I've said, I am a self-admitted curious person, and there are many times that I have been on the receiving end of the phrase, curiosity killed the cat. I am so curious that I even want to know what this phrase, curiosity killed the cat, originated. And so I did a little sleuthing to see where it came from. Some give Shakespeare the credit for this saying, 
The way most people understand curiosity killed the cat is to stop someone from asking unwanted questions. According to Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable, there was an earlier form of this phrase that was still in use in 1898, and it went like so. Care killed the cat. It is said that the cat has nine lives, but care would wear them all out. Or, in today's understanding, worry killed the cat. It is said that a cat has nine lives, but worry would wear them all out. Thankfully, my own curiosity this time lands me in a place of new understanding of this phrase that caution people and cats about the effects of worry. In Joseph's story of forgiving his family, one of the first things he tells them is, do not worry. Forgiveness, it seems, is not only a release from fear, but forgiveness offers an escape from worry as well. Forgiveness is a powerful gift, one that we are often too slow to offer. Why is forgiveness so slow in coming? Forgiveness, from what I can see in Joseph's story, first frees Joseph before it reaches his brothers. That forgiveness for his brothers took over seven years to come to pass. How different would this story be if Joseph had held on to the wrongs he'd experienced? Would he have been able to use his gifts? Would he have made it out of Pharaoh's prison? Would he have become manager of Pharaoh's kingdom if he was personally tied up in unforgiveness? Forgiveness is a curious gift, isn't it? Yes, it passes mercy to a person who has done someone wrong. But as I look at Joseph's story, I think forgiveness first starts with the person who has been wronged. Only if we allow it. Forgiveness and mercy have a way of creating a new future for people, don't they? Are you still curious about curiosity? Guess what? I am too. So let's give a listen to three and a half questions about love, forgiveness, and curiosity. I'm on a quest to learn more about love and how love can connect people from different experiences, perspectives, and lives. And so today I am so excited to have my friend Marilyn here to answer three and a half questions about love. Thank you so much, Marilyn, for being here with us. Thank you. So my first question, if you're ready, is this. Mm -hmm. What do you love about being you? I love my curiosity. My curiosity about life keeps me alive. It really keeps me going. I love learning. I'm constantly reading, constantly learning things, and it's it's great. What is it about learning that makes you feel alive? That there's always more to know, and there's so much beauty in the world to know about that it just excites me. Yeah, I concur with that. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, it's how I feel like when I discover something new and beautiful, like, and then I want to tell everybody about it, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> or, yes. <laughs> or, or I found a new author, or I found a new painter, or yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's a wonderful thing, yes. Um, so question number two, who do you love? Well, 
I love my husband of 26 years. Congratulations. Thank you. I love my goddaughters and their husbands and their children. Their children I call my fairy grandchildren. Oh, that's so good. I have six of them. Wow. Yeah, they're adorable. And I love my friends. Like you, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. That's part of why I asked you to be in this conversation because the friendship that we have has taught me a lot about love. And I wanted to honor that and thank you for extending that love and that friendship to me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about what you like to do, what you love to do, I should ask? I love to share what I learn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm learning a lot of things. And I like to encourage people towards wonder. Mm. I, I like to encourage them towards wonder and growth and whimsy, fun. Yeah. That's what I like to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so is that why you're godchildren and you have fairy grandchildren? Is that yes. part of that wonder? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but adults are too. They're parents. Um, I've learned so much in my 60 years. And then I look at their lives in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. And I, you know, sometimes they call me and they're upset about something. And I encourage them. I said, no, no, no. This too shall pass. Mm. It really will. And I'll be right with you as it does. Mm, yeah, to, to have hope in a new day. Yes. And that's part of that wandering and wondering together, isn't it? One of the things I tell them is that I believe in your future. Mm. I believe in your future. Believe in it too, because I believe in it. That's such a gift to them and to the world. Thank you. Okay, here's the half question. And sometimes this half question turns out to be longer than the other ones, but it is what it is. Um, okay. So if you had a message of love that you could share with the world as um, this podcast becomes public in days to come, what message of love would you like to share with others? You are a wonder living in a world of wonder. And dare I say it, enchantment. So get curious about it and enjoy it. How can we be more curious, Marilyn? Well, if something's annoying you, ask why. Why is it annoying me? Mm -hmm. Is there another way I can see this situation? Is there a more positive way that I can see this situation? Because the brain can come up with all kinds of negative ways of seeing situations. And you know, Our brain is set up like that. We have a part of our brain called the amygdala. And that amygdala just lets us know anything that could make us be afraid, everything that we need to be careful about and and be suspicious about. But then to override that by saying, is there another way of seeing this? Mm, Yeah. So curiosity and love can be a key to help us to move out of that fight, flight and freeze part of our brain. Yes. And to find a way to bypass that and kind of go to the higher thinking. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm, I think that's a great recipe, curiosity and love to help us to better connect with each other. Because if we're in fight and flight and freeze, we're more concerned about self-preservation and escaping mm-hmm. pain than we are being connected to one another. Yes. 
I think that is a brilliant recipe of love. And I thank you, Marilyn, for sharing that with us today. And I wish you much curiosity, things to be wondering about, and plenty of love in the year to come. Thank you. You also. Lots of joy. Thank you, Marilyn, for sharing your answers to three and a half questions about love. You know how curious I am. I keep thinking about Joseph's story and how, by the grace of God, his life was redeemed by the power of forgiveness. The belief that his gifts could be used for a good purpose. That somehow this wearer of brightly colored clothing and dreamer of dreams, that somehow his brightness would find a place to truly shine. The book, The Wisdom of the Enneagram, tells us more about how forgiveness and love can lead us into our whole true nature. It says, we must love ourselves enough not to abandon ourselves. We abandon ourselves to the degree that we are not fully present in our own lives. When we are caught up with worry, tension, and anxiety, we become disassociated from our bodies and our feelings, and ultimately, our true nature. Remember the saying about the cat, care killed the cat. It is said that a cat has nine lives, but care would wear them all out. If cares and worries and burdens have that effect on a cat, what does it do to people? How might forgiveness and curiosity free us like Joseph? to dream of a future, to believe in? What if instead of wearing out our nine lives, we actually lived them? This week's poem is a segment of a lyric from a song by Martha Wash. Ms. Wash is a two-time Grammy-nominated American R&B, pop, soul, blues, rock, and house singer, as well as record producer. She is well-known as part of the duo Two Tons of Fun and The Weather Girls. In Martha Wash's 2020 album, Love and Conflict, she sings a song about soaring free. When I heard the chorus of this song, it reminded me of the voice of mercy and forgiveness, a voice that invites dreamers to dream, the curious, the ponder, and those living small to live into every moment of their nine lives. And so the chorus of Soaring Free. When a stranger spoke to me one night, can I tell you that I love you? As he looked deeply into my eyes, don't let anything confine you. Standing there before me, what the stranger told me echoes in my heart. Don't talk about love using fear If you don't know what love is, hold on, dear. It's what you were born with, holding you as you're soaring free. Soaring free. In this week of Valentine's Day, our focus on love is front and center. Everywhere we look, we see hearts and cards and candy. But the Valentine that I really need this year is one to lift up the power of forgiveness. One that says to not talk about love using fear and to remember that each and every one of us is a beloved child of God. 
And if you're not really sure of that love, hold on and hear whatever forgiveness you need to receive or give in this word. Can I tell you that I love you? I am your holy shenanigans muse, Tara Lamont Eastman. Thank you for joining us this week for holy shenanigans that surprise, encourage, redirect, and turn life upside down, all in the name of love. This is an unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Thanks to Ian Eastman for sound editing. Thanks to Marilyn Samuro for her message to love with our whole lives. Thank you to Martha Wash for the use of her song lyrics. Also, thank you to listeners of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. Happy Valentine's Day. Stay curious. Dream the dream. Live and extend forgiveness. Remember the affirmation from Ms. Marilyn? She believes in your future. And I do, too. If you have a Holy Shenanigans story of your own that you would like the opportunity to share on an upcoming episode of this podcast, please reach out to us at holyshenaniganspodcast at gmail.com.